Hello there, friends, and welcome to the New Testament in a Year podcast. I'm Sean Bailey, and I am your host on this journey as we are coming to a close in the book of Acts today with Acts chapter 28. For the past month, we've been reading Acts, and uh, we're wrapping up this amazing story of the growth of the church, the apostles following through upon the command that Jesus gave to go and tell the world of the good news. And we're seeing the foundation of the church being built. And we saw for the past few weeks, if you've been along with me, you've seen Paul's amazing backbone that he has in overcoming all that he has faced for the sake of the gospel. So we're going to wrap up Acts 28 today. So grab your Bible if you can, and listen closely if you will. Let's read God's Word together. So in Acts chapter 28, well, I'll tell you what, before we begin that, let's, let's look at our previous chapter, Acts chapter 27. We witnessed Paul's journey as a prisoner aboard a ship that was bound for Rome. He was being transported to Rome because he appealed to Caesar and the governor obliged and now he's on his way. And this is not just a short trip. This is a a, a perilous sea journey is what I like to call it. And uh, it's been a journey full of storms, shipwreck disaster imminent death is what everyone thought they were facing everyone except Paul the entire crew all the soldiers were sure they were facing their last days as they had the nor'easter wind push against them and they, they had no chance but Paul remained steadfast in his faith he was strong and he encouraged the crew and the, the, the passengers, the soldiers to trust that God is going to protect them. And they believed him. And the centurion listened to Paul and told him, as Paul told him what to do in order for them to survive. The chapter ends with a ship running aground on the island of Malta, where Paul and his companions swim ashore or float ashore upon the sea wreckage or the ship wreckage and uh, they are welcomed by the natives of Malta and now here we are Acts chapter 28 the conclusion of Paul's journey to Rome as we read Acts 28 I want you to uh, have your mind's eye prepared for some of the things you're going to hear and we're going to read together so here are our look for us As we read Acts Acts 28, notice how Paul is received in Rome. The people are going to respond to Paul's arrival. Notice the interactions between Paul and the Jewish community and pay attention to Paul's attitude and uh, the way he interacts and engages with the, the locals there. Watch how Paul continues to preach and teach and he continues his ministry in Rome. He knew that God was calling him there. He continued to teach even in chains as he was imprisoned, awaiting 
to be tried before Caesar. Watch how Paul shares the gospel to both Jews and Gentiles. And then finally pay attention to these references or even allusions to the Old Testament prophecies. There are connections between Paul's experiences and the fulfillment of God's promises. It's pretty amazing how this wraps up. Uh, I love Acts 28, and it's a bit bittersweet. One of my favorite reads in the scripture. Um, I had the opportunity to to preach through the entire uh, book of Acts. It was a long, long journey, but one of the most beneficial for me spiritually to dig into the word. And uh, I hope it is as you as well. So let's read this together. We're gonna be we're gonna begin in verse one of Acts twenty-eight. And as we always do, we'll read the entire chapter, going all the way to verse thirty-one, and we will be closing up our reading through Acts twenty-eight and starting a brand new book tomorrow. Here we go, Acts twenty-eight, verse one. Once safely ashore, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The local people showed us extraordinary kindness. They lit a fire and took us all in, since it was raining and cold. As Paul gathered a bundle of brushwood and put it on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat, and it fastened itself on his hand. When the local people saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to one another, This man, no doubt, is a murderer. Even though he escaped the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But he shook the, shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no harm. They expected that he would begin to swell up or suddenly drop dead. After they waited a long time and saw nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and then they said that he was God. Verse 7. Now in the area around the place was an estate belonging to the leading man of the island. His name was, was Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us hospitably for three days. Publius's father was in bed suffering from fever and dysentery. Well, Paul went to him, and praying and laying his hands on him, he healed him. After this, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. So they heaped many honors on us, and when we sailed, they gave us what we needed. After three months, we set sail in an Alexandrian ship that had wintered at the island with the twin gods as its figurehead. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed three days. From there, after making a circuit along the coast, we reached Regium. After one day, a south wind sprang up, and the second day, we came to Puteoli, where there we found brothers and sisters and were invited to stay a week with them. And so we came to Rome. Now, the brothers and sisters from there that had heard about us and had come to meet us as far as the form of Appius and the three taverns. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. When we entered Rome, 
Paul was allowed to live by himself with the soldier who guarded him. After three days, he called together the leaders of the Jews. When they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors, I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. After they examined me, they wanted to release me, since there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. Because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, even though I had no charge to bring against my people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and speak to you. In fact, it is for the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. He stops and then the Jewish leaders respond to him. They say this. We haven't received any letters about you from Judea. None of the brothers has come and reported or spoken anything evil about you. But we want to hear what your views are, since we know that people everywhere are speaking against this sect. Well, after arranging a day with him, many came to him at his lodging. From dawn to dusk, he expounded and testified about the kingdom of God. He tried to persuade them about Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets. Some were persuaded by what he said, but others did not believe. Disagreeing amongst themselves, they began to leave after Paul made one statement. Paul said, The Holy Spirit was right in saying your ancestors through the prophet Isaiah when he said, and then, and then Paul quotes Isaiah. Paul says this, Go to these people and say, You will always be listening, but never understanding. And you will always be looking, but never perceiving. For the hearts of these people have grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their they, they have shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. He finishes quoting Isaiah, and then he says, Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Well, Paul stayed two whole years in his own rented house, and he welcomed all who visited him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And that is the end of Acts 28. Let's take a moment to reflect on how this, this closed up and came to an end. And let's talk about some takeaways from this chapter today. Okay. Oh, we finished at the book of Acts and we noticed they're um, swimming ashore to Malta and the Maltese uh, accepting them, bringing them in taking them inside, placing them by the fire and keeping them warm because it was raining and 
They brought them in and saw Paul get bit by a snake and assumed that that was justice and realized, no, that that didn't bother him. And they assumed he was God. And we know that Paul corrected them uh, and would have in that situation. Uh, And then we seen that Paul went on his way and finally made it to Rome. And the things we really want to look for in this today are how he was received, how he responded, and how God ultimately continued to use Paul because of his faithfulness to be obedient. And so our takeaways today, as we've wrapped up Acts 28, the first thing we need to to think about is the sovereignty of God throughout difficult circumstances that we face in life. We have to know and trust that God is in control in the things that keep us up at night, And the things that have us in tears, cause us anxiety, cause us to worry, and the things that hurt us and the tragedies of life that we face, God's still in control. You see, despite facing the challenges, Paul remained confident. And we saw how much Paul was bold, how much he was blessed as a result, and how much God was glorified. As we go through our trials, remember that God's in control and his plans will always prevail. So find strength and find peace in trusting that his unfailing love and his faithfulness, his great sovereignty will always win. Trust in that. Have courage. That's our second big takeaway, I think, is the the courageous witness in the face of, of difficulties, the face of opposition. Paul was unwavering, zero hesitation. We notice Paul's character, his boldness, mercy. If we could get a piece of that and and let that grow inside of us. His unwavering commitment to share the gospel is the perfect example for us today. In the face of opposition, the face of our trials, in the face of persecution, the face of the fear of man that we far too often cause us to bite our tongue instead of share his love. And by sharing the truth, we are called to boldly proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. To boldly proclaim the truth. I want to underline bold, highlight that in our brains. To boldly proclaim calls for us to do more than to hope for the best. See, the Greek word for boldness is parousia. That means freedom and openness, especially in our speech. And the implication is, is that when we say something, it's with such boldness that when people hear us speak about Jesus, they know that he is something that deserves to be remembered, that he is something that deserves to be taken seriously, that our passion, that fervor through our words flows through us, that we speak with such boldness that they take note that what we just said was important. That's the boldness we should strive for. Just like Paul did. 
people took note and he began to change the world because God used him in sharing the gospel. And finally, our last takeaway is a takeaway not just from today's reading, but from the entire book of Acts. It's for us to remember the power of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the book of Acts, we saw the transformative power of the Holy Spirit as it came and worked on the lives of the believers from the day of Pentecost all the way throughout the missionary journeys of Paul. See, this, the Holy Spirit empowers us as individuals and empowers us as communities of believers to boldly proclaim the gospel, to boldly live out our faith. I challenge us as we reflect on the book of Acts, let's seek ways to, to cultivate, to work on a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and empower us in our journey of faith. Acts is a perfect example of the great power of the Holy Spirit and how we and our entire world can be changed through that. All right, that wraps up the book of Acts. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to starting a new one tomorrow, and our new reading will be from Hebrews. Oh, the letter to Hebrews. I love it. I'm looking forward to that as well. It's a practical application guide and reminds us of the superiority of Jesus Christ. Hebrews is powerful. I hope you join me in the next episode. But until then, may you be blessed. May your family be blessed. And may you strive to be a blessing to all those around you as a result. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the New Testament in a Year podcast, where we simply read the Word of God and we try to unpack it so we can find application in our lives, knowing that there is nothing more powerful than God's Word. You see, Scripture is the only source that teaches us who God is and what God wants of us. My encouragement is that the Word of God will bless you and ultimately bless your friends and family. I'll encourage you to share this podcast with your friends, share it on your social media or by word of mouth. Join in. Let's read the word of God together. And through this, may God be glorified through our reading, listening, application, and understanding of his word together.